I mean, if we take a step back, I would always advise people like, don't worry about raising money, try and make money. <laughs> so if you can do that, that's that's golden revenue solves all your problems. Obviously, you know, to get to certain milestones and to accelerate what you're trying to do, it makes sense to raise money sometimes. This is Finding Your Venture, episode number 13. And this one's about raising money. I think there's way too much time and energy spent thinking about fundraising, specifically venture capital, because fewer than 0.05% of all startups actually raise venture capital. Some startups need it, no doubt, but most don't. And because focus is our only competitive advantage when we're doing a startup, it can be harmful to put too much emphasis on fundraising. A metaphor that I really like is Raising money is like buying gas on a road trip. Sometimes you have to do it, but it's definitely not the point of going on the trip. Now, the good news is there are dozens and maybe hundreds of ways to raise money. And the more expansive your thinking is about fundraising, the less trapped that you're going to feel doing it one specific way. In this episode, we'll hear how MySwimPro skipped venture capital and raised money directly from their customers. You're going to hear the founder and CEO of MySwimPro talk about equity crowdfunding, which is a really cool tool. I'm glad you're going to get a chance to hear about it. But the takeaway from this episode isn't necessarily that everyone should do equity crowdfunding. It's that you should look for a way to raise money that makes sense for your business. In this first section, we're going to hear from Ferris Sabati, who's the founder and CEO of MySwimPro. Ferris is this incredible energetic force. He's like a flywheel of positive energy, and it's a ton of fun to hang out with him and hear his story. In the first section, we're going to hear about how they decided to raise money and then how they came to believe equity crowdfunding was the right vehicle for them. To start, maybe some background on our company and how we raised the money. So initially in 2015, uh, we weren't driving revenue. We were planning on making money, but I was more along the lines of, I think, reading too many headlines of like, okay, so you you figure out the product and then you get, you sort of get product market fit and then you raise a ton of money and then that kind of feeds you until the next thing. And that I would, I mean, if we take a step back, I would always advise people like, don't worry about raising money, try and make money. <laughs> so if you can do that, that's, that's golden revenue solves all your problems. Obviously, you know, to get to certain milestones and to accelerate what you're trying to do, it makes sense to raise money sometimes. And for us, it was in 2016, the first time we took any outside money and we started monetizing, we did the University of Michigan Decide Accelerator. So that was the first little bit of cash in the door, um, but it wasn't like a, full round or anything. And so we were looking, okay, you know, let's try and raise like half a million dollars and that'll get us to the next milestones that we want to hit, you know, start talking to investors. I mean, actually before that started making relationships and talking to investors. And what I realized was like the amount of work I was putting in to, to like not actually end up raising any money in, in that avenue, it really didn't make any sense. And I had a few uh, VCs actually recommend to me, hey, you should check out equity crowdfunding because you already have an audience you might be able to raise what you need faster with you know and, and be more successful doing that uh, and so at the beginning of 2017 basically decided let's try this <laughs> let's try equity crowdfunding and it's a newer model because before you had to be a professional investor you know it's like top one percent of the population that makes over a certain amount to be an angel investor or, or even a vc and because the numbers there don't look very good um, now the general public can invest in companies and you can publicly solicit funds and this was never possible before 2016. so we were one of the first companies in michigan uh, we used WeFunder to do equity crowdfunding and in a relatively short period of time just a few months we raised one hundred and thirty thousand dollars from 137 investors 
dollars and that doesn't seem like a lot of money but that's actually really all we needed at the time like we were just shooting for if we can raise a hundred grand that'll help us get to the next point because we were starting to monetize at that at this point 2017 so we, we raised some money but more importantly than just like getting 130 grand the people who invested were actual users of our application so it wasn't like one person wrote us a check for 130k i had 130 ambassadors all over the world who already use the product but they like it so much that they're willing to invest beyond our 120 dollars subscription you know here's here's a thousand bucks i believe in this i think you guys are gonna go to the next level and i want to support it so we get you get the benefit of via equity crowdfunding of raising money and marketing all at the same time if you think about it you know if you're doing it right and you're marketing you're gonna spend money on that anyway so may as well put in the work to do marketing and also get money which is like that's actually like ridiculous if you think about it like wait a second so you're marketing and they're giving you money like what so we did that in 2017 the company started growing and in 2018 we didn't raise any money and I, at the end of 2018 a few people actually recommended hey are you gonna like open that up again because i want to invest like people who missed out on the first round or they told us if you run that campaign again, I'm gonna invest more money because you guys keep growing. I, I like what I see. So we were thinking about doing a more traditional round with VC. We had enough traction um, or maybe just not raise any money because we were profitable at the end of 2018. And and what I decided to to do was let's, let's do it again. Let's do equity crowdfunding again because we have a plan. Like I know what's gonna work, what's not gonna work. We have an audience that's literally three times the size of the first time we did it. So if we just cookie cutter, do the same thing we did, we should probably raise like twice or three times as much money just because of the way the numbers work out. Um, the big variable there was if people would actually reinvest. So the people who invested the first time, would they reinvest? And that was the big what if, but I wanted to de-risk that. So I basically just sent out a survey to all the people who invested, you know, Google survey. And I said, will you invest again? And if so, how much would you invest? And of the people who filled out the survey, which was about a third of them, half of them said they would, they or no, more than half of them said they would reinvest. And all of the people who would reinvest would invest the same or more than what they invested the first time. So I thought, heck, this looks pretty good, let's do it. And so because we had already done the campaign, we had a lot of like the best practices. I knew it was gonna work. I knew it wasn't gonna work. For equity crowdfunding, email is like the primary driver because we have a big email list. You send out an email, hey, we're raising funds. You know, again, um, if you miss out the first time, this is when you can do it. A lot of people were actually new to our platform. They had never heard of us the first time we raised. So it wasn't even an issue of like, oh, I missed out. It was, oh, this is an interesting opportunity. I want to back this. And we also tied in the new application that we have, my TriPro, to the, the, the marketing and crowdfunding where it was, if you invest, you're going to help us launch our new product. So it was more than just investing in the growth of the company. It was marketing again. So we were killing multiple birds with one stone. No birds were hurt in the making of our crowdfunding campaign, please note. Uh, and so it was pretty fun because it actually took a lot less work the second time around. And we raised more than three times as much. We raised uh, 460,000 from 205 investors. So now we have over 300 investors, over 36 countries, and most of them use the app and they love it. Um, and similarly, we closed the campaign and people were like, oh, I missed out. Like, can you open it? No, we can't. It's closed. You missed out. Like, but now we've raised, you know, about 600,000 in total between the two rounds and we're, we're going, <laughs> things are moving. So that's, that's the story of that. Okay. So equity crowdfunding made a lot of sense for my swim pro because they had a huge user base, but building an audience like that isn't something you can do overnight. So I asked Ferris to kind of take a step back and think about how they really raised money when they first were getting started. 
Yeah, I think the timeline is really relevant here because so the idea for the company was actually 2014 and all the stuff I mentioned was 2017, 2019 for equity crowdfunding. So that's actually a three year gap of putting in the work, not paying myself. Right. So so a lot of people, I think, and it's not just our company, I read articles and you read the reviews of like how companies were taken off. And then I actually talk with the founders themselves and you dig and you peel back and you just look at their LinkedIn and you find out, you know, myself and others, you actually work on the company for several years before anyone even notices what you're doing and you're in a position to raise any kind of money. So you see these companies that are like, oh, they just launched and then 10 months later they raised $3 million. That's not really the full story. Maybe they launched the application or they got their first customer, but they were probably working on it for 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, and we're no different than that. So in the very beginning, we weren't making any money and I was, I had another job. I went full-time on my Swim Pro in 2015. So I went over a year without, we didn't make a, a penny because we didn't have any funds. I didn't pay myself. <laughs> you know, it's just one is, one is equal to the other. My two co-founders had other jobs too, and eventually they left to go full-time on the company. So we were all supplementing, you know, self-financing, sweat equity. We didn't, and then even in the beginning, like when we could go full-time, like a couple of years later, we still weren't paying ourselves very much. And, you know, some people, they raise money from friends and family. You know, you're very efficient with your time and money because you can't afford to be lazy. Like actually having a lot of money, it can really screw you up. Um, I've seen a lot of companies take on a lot of money and then all of a sudden they're spending it on ways that don't make any sense. And that's actually my fear now because we do have resources. I'm more at pressure not to burn it all on just because I can like, well, maybe we want to put 5K a month on this marketing plan. I can do that now. And maybe that's not a good use of 5K. But in the beginning, if you don't have any money, <laughs> you have to be way smarter with how you're allocating all of your resources because you just don't have that much of it. So I think that story is important to highlight because in the early days, you, you know, I'm sleeping on couches when I travel. I'm, you know, I'm funding my trips out of my own pocket. So now when we, when we do stuff, it's the company's money when we go somewhere. In the beginning, you know, I spent a few thousand dollars out of my own pocket to get me to these conferences, to get me to the pool that I needed to be at <laughs> to make, to make stuff happen. So, um, and I think, and I'm in a, I'm in a fortunate position where, you know, I, I had savings, I had a job, I had, a, you know, I, I grew up with a roof over my head, you know, I think other people have it a lot harder where they don't have all those resources and it's, and you have to have another job. I mean, I, I still coach swimming, but at the time to make, you know, sort of quote unquote ends meet, I mean, I was coaching swimming a lot more and I was, I was making some money from that. And I think everyone's got to find a way to pay the bills and make stuff happen. Fundraising is generally shrouded in secrecy because money is such a personal topic. And in future episodes, I'd really love to separate the facade from the reality on fundraising because money really is the number one excuse that people give to themselves and others for why their startup doesn't get off the ground. And if nothing else, better information and visibility about what is real will help set more appropriate expectations and help people plan for how they're going to navigate all those gas stations they need to stop or not stop at along the way. Thanks for checking out the first season of the Finding Your Venture podcast. If you walk away with only one lesson, here it is. It's not that hard. You're definitely smart enough. And if it's something that you want to do, there's no reason you can't go do it.